So just a little bit about this practice. So as I mentioned earlier, the 32 parts of the body is found in the foundations of mindfulness. And uh, the teachings of the, there's actually four foundations of mindfulness that the Buddha taught, the mindfulness of the body, mindfulness of feeling tones, mindfulness of mind states, thoughts and emotions. And then the fourth foundation is a collection of teachings that support us to understand the meditation practice, particularly around the first three foundations of the body, feeling tones and mind states. Within the fourth foundation, then these collections of teachings are very supportive to help us to understand the practices when we meet hindrances, when we're meditating and we're getting lost in challenges. It also has teachings about factors of awakening, the four noble truths of suffering, the causes of suffering, the path leading to greater peace, to looking at the, the selfless nature of the body, that the body's made of aggregates, that um, and then there's a, the, the six-fold sense space. It, uh, in Buddhist psychology, not only is it, is it acknowledged of our five senses, but the mind is also considered a sense and that what it does is think and analyze and like and compare and contrast and so forth. Just like the nose smells, the mind also has its, its um, various factors. So this is all in these collections of teachings found in the fourth foundation and um, we may draw from some of these teachings as we work with the 32 parts. But the 32 parts of the body is found in the first foundation of mindfulness in of the body. There's six distinct practices. There's the practice of getting into a posture that you could be mindful of, such as standing, walking, sitting, or lying. There's the practice of the mindfulness of breathing is the practice of the clear comprehension of bringing mindfulness into our day-to-day -day activities from chopping carrots to washing the dishes to sweeping to all the different activities of day-to-day -day living we can bring our mindfulness to. Those three practices are more often introduced and practiced in the West. The latter three are less practice. In some cases, some people don't even know they exist. So these last three practices found in the first foundation of the body, first one is the 32 parts of the body meditation. And then the next one is a meditation on the four primary elements that all material phenomena is composed of, of solids, liquids, motion, and temperature. The 32 parts of the body and the element practice intersect with one another and we'll be teaching it from an insight perspective that these parts of the body begin to, they're comprised of solids, liquids, motion and temperature. So that sense of, of um, separateness begins to dissolve. The last practice is a very graphic contemplation on the mindfulness of death nine different stages of decomposition from the first day of a body dying until gradually it turns into dust. And I, I, I'll, be, I'll spare you the graphic details of these different powerful stages of decomposition, but it's a very powerful practice that really um, begins to help us penetrate the truth of this life is fragile, this life is precious, that um, the death rate has remained the same through the ages, which equals one per person. There's an, egg, an, an old uh, 
Hindu saying in, in ancient India that everyone thinks everyone else is going to die, but not me. And so this particular practice really begins to dissolve that type of belief. We will be focusing on the 32 parts of the body meditation. And we may touch upon the practices definitely of the elements. And of course, as we work with the body, the, the recollections upon death may also uh, grow within us as well. So that they will all be included. I learned this practice from my meditation teacher. His name was Tungpulu Kabaye Siado. He was a Burmese forest monk. He died in 1986. And when I first got ordained as a Buddhist monk in 1980 in uh, a very rural remote area in Burma where the main source of tra transportation was ox cart, there was no electricity. Um, I, I was introduced to this practice by Tungpulu Sero. I was not even aware that this practice, practice existed. I, I knew of the mindfulness of the breathing and the postures and bringing mindfulness into day-to-day -day activities. And when I was getting ordained, this was in 1980, as my head was being shaved, they were chanting, and so forth. This is the Pali for these 32 parts of the body. And I remember asking one of the monks, what, what are they chanting? And then they translated to me, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys. And it took on a little bit of a different meaning when I heard what was being said versus just this repetition in Pali language. And I got very curious about this, like what, this practice on, on the body? And you know, this is elderly monk, he's probably about 80, 80 at the time. And he's talking all about um, body parts and the element practice. And actually in the middle part of the night, he would take us to the cemetery to meditate on death. And Burmese cemeteries, particularly out in the, in the rural areas are not these cosmetic, nice looking places. I mean, you can find bones scattered on, the ground and femurs and all types of things. And um, so I was introduced to these practices in 1980. After being in Burma for a few months, we invited Seattle to come back to the United States. And so I was part of a group of people that we brought him back United States, and we ultimately founded a monastery in Boulder Creek here in Santa Cruz County. That's how I ended up in Santa Cruz. And I disrobed, but I became what was known in Burmese as a kapia, which means, and I actually, it literally means to make things allowable. And I, I was, I was an attendant. I was attended to the monks and I took care of them. I ended up living in the monastery for eight and a half years and practicing very intensively with them. And I, I, so the 32 parts of the body became part of a practice that I worked with. It turned out that Tungpulusero was one of the very few monks in Burma or even anywhere that, that practiced this to great depth. And so I was very fortunate to, to study with him. After I left the monastery and um, you're probably wondering, well, why do you leave? Well, I ended up getting married, you've probably heard that type of story before. And um, 
And I, I got a job at the Cabrillo College Stroke Center. And, and my job was a counselor. And, and part of my job description was to teach classes in relaxation and what I knew was mindfulness. And so I began to teach mindfulness as a relaxation class uh, for people living with stroke and Parkinson's MS of a neurological and uh, orthopedic conditions. And I, I found that people were really um, responding to this, beginning to reconnect with parts of the body that were the way that they once were. One person would say, yeah, this mindfulness is helping me to stay out of a nursing home. And I said to her, what do you mean? She goes, well, look at me, I'm an old woman. I need my walker. I have to go to the bathroom every night. And because I'm gonna walk mindfully with lifting, moving and placing my legs as I walk mindfully, I'm not gonna end up falling and breaking my hip and end up ending up in a nursing home. So I'd hear these very interesting stories of the efficacy of mindfulness. This gradually led to um, hearing about John Kabat-Zinn and his work at the University of Massachusetts Medical Center, bringing mindfulness into working with people living with stress and pain and illness. And we developed a very close connection and I became a mindfulness-based stress reduction teacher, which I've been doing for close to 30 years in contract with different hospitals, um, El Camino Hospital in Mountain View, Dominican Hospital in Santa Cruz, and been doing that for quite some time. And of course, within mindfulness-based stress reduction, we teach a practice called the body scan, which is a composite that um, John Kabat-Zinn developed through his experiences working with Goenka and yoga and so forth, the Goenka tradition of Ubaken. They do body scanning as well, except uh, in the Ubaken tradition, you start with a scanning at the top of the head and work your way down to your feet. And John Kabat-Zinn reversed it, starting with the feet going up to the head and when he was asked why did you do that he said I wanted to anatomically start furthest away from the head because we're so much in it all the time which I thought was a pretty good answer mm -hmm. so I began teaching MBSR but as a Dharma Buddhist practitioner I also continued to practice the 32 parts of the body and there was this moment and it was in 2006, so you know, it's, it's kind of this remarkable moment that I had. This is like 26 later after being introduced to this practice and thinking it's one of the most bizarrest, profoundest practices I've ever done. I had this epiphany that this practice should be shared with others in a more broader way because it was hardly ever practiced. It's similar to, um, I, yeah, actually, I could probably do this, but I, I won't now. I could share the screen. But there's, there's a, a, a Gary Larson cartoon from the far side. And there's a picture of a group of cows in a pasture and they're eating grass. And, you know, cows do this a lot. They are in pastures and they eat grass. But the, the way that this comic is, is these cows are in the pasture, they're eating grass, and one looks up. And, they, and this cow has an epiphany and starts calling out to the other cows saying, hey, wait a minute, we're eating grass. We're eating grass. We're eating grass. And, and in the same way, that's the closest I could say that, that it was like this epiphany 26 years later after practicing this, it's like, wait a minute, we have a body. We have a body. 
we have a body. And it, there was something about that. I even have goosebumps right now as I speak about this because it was so profound. And I began to really, wow, this practice is so powerful. It is also so weird and so amazing. And it's like we live in these parts day in and day out, but we hardly know them. And so at that point, I, I'm so grateful for Mary Grace Orr, my dear friend, and, and mm -hmm. talked with her about this. And we ended up starting a retreat at Spirit Rock on the 32 parts of the body. I began teaching it um, at Insight Santa Cruz and, and decided to do it in this long, very traditional version of this practice that goes for 33 weeks. I have actually a, a document that... Um, goes over what we'll be, pra be practicing all 33 weeks. And so um, maybe what I'll do is I'll, I'll give you my email address and, or yeah, I'll see, maybe there's someone, I, I'm gonna try to figure out a way that I can get you this document so that you can see what we'll be working on week after week after week. And I also have another document that I'll put, share with the screen tonight that will, um, um, it has the list of the body parts and, and a little bit of information on how to do the practice. And essentially what we'll be doing is each week we'll be meeting at six o'clock. We'll be getting done at 7.30. And we're going to begin with the first 15 minutes of just sitting silently to begin to settle and to become present. A very unique part of this practice is chanting the body parts. And so we're going to chant the 32 body parts five times forward, five times backwards, and five times forward and backwards. And then we're gonna to begin to hone in on the particular group of parts that we'll be working with for the week. In this case, we're gonna be doing head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, and skin. And then the following week, we'll reverse it going skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. And the third week, we'll go forward and backwards, head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. And then in the, the fourth week, we'll go start the new part of the body, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys. And we'll do that one week forward, one week backwards, one week forward and backwards. And then we'll start back at the beginning again and go head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bone, bone marrow, kidneys, one week forward, one week backwards, one week forward and backwards. <laughs> um, it'll make sense when you see my hand up. And so we're gonna be zigzagging through these parts. And the prescription on how to do this practice is found in what's known as the sevenfold skill in learning, which is a very archaic, interesting group of words spun together, the sevenfold um, way in skillful learning. But what this means is it's a prescription on how to do this practice. And so the prescription is that we first need to recite it orally. And then that sets up the condition for us to know it mentally. And then to begin to go into the particular part of the color, the shape, the direction, is it above or below the waist or both? And then, and then the, the, what, the location where it actually is. And then lastly, what is it bordered by the delimitation? And then we'll get into the function and the definition of each part as well. So there's a sort of a prescriptive way of doing this practice with these sevenfold skill in learning, knowing it orally and mentally, the color, the shape, the location, the direction, and the delimitation. 
we will be offering this as a guided practice so that as we do it, it will make much more sense. This is a very traditional way of doing this. The 32 parts of the body consists of 20 solid parts and 12 liquid. The, the 20 solid parts are head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, and brain. And then the liquid parts is biofilm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, and urine. That's quite a list of parts. You're probably thinking right away, why this order? Why those parts? What about other parts? There's hundreds and thousands of other parts in the body. So I'm gonna tell you this. I don't know why these parts. I have combed the canonical literature and there is no real explanation as far as I can see as far as why these particular parts. From my many years of practice, it makes really good sense to me that these parts are considered to me like doorways into all of the other parts of the body. And the reason, you know, and we, I mean, we could make up our own parts and, and but I, I wanna honor this time held tradition that these are the parts that were selected nearly 2,600 years ago and to honor those, but to also understand that all of these parts will move into the rest of the body. My, my beloved wife, for example, has diabetes. And so the, of course this is involved with the, the primarily with the pancreas and uh, not the, to produce insulin. And so when she was in the, in the abdominal region and sensing into the large intestine, small intestine, stomach and so forth, because she was in the abdominal region, she, she just naturally gained access into the pancreas as far as sensing into it. And so all of these parts lead to all of the other parts of the body. I really cannot offer you why these parts were selected. So we'll have to just work with that. And the order of these parts is quite interesting. We begin with the parts that when we look at each other, what we see. We see hair of the head, hair of the body, fingernails and toenails, and we see teeth and we see skin. And then the next group of parts, we begin to unzipper the skin, if you will, to the muscles, which is the flesh. The sinews is the connective tissue. Then there's the bones and the bone marrow. And then it goes to kidneys. And it's like, what? Like, how, what's the connection between kidneys? Why is kidneys here? But it's interesting that bone marrow is, is part of blood formation and the kidneys is blood purification and filtering. So there's some semblance, but this part, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, and brain. Did the Buddha have a sense of humor? What's the connection between the feces and the brain? But it's actually interesting that in these current times, that the abdominal region is actually considered the second brain to some extent. Um, anyways, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll get to feces later in the course. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, someone was mentioning earlier that um, it has been our tradition and because of COVID, I'm not sure whether we can do it this year. And of course, I see some of you are, are out of states, some of you out of this country. I saw a person that's from Singapore that's here, which is very amazing. But I have a good friend 
Robin McFarland, who's a professor of anatomy at Cabrillo College. And, and we have been going to the anatomy lab there for, oh, I don't know, 10, 12 years. Well, I'll take a whole group of people and we'll put on gloves and we will go into the anatomy lab where there's been a dissection and we're able to firsthand to be able to really see what a liver looks like, what a heart looks like, what large and small intestines look like and so forth. I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to do it this year because of, of COVID-19. Um, we'll maybe try to work with some creative ideas. I do have some pictures and I invite you of course to um, look in, in uh, with the internet. There's a lot of anatomical pictures that you can see. And actually on my website, which is the numbers 32 P-A-R-T-S, Dot com is actually pictures of all of the parts as well. So we'll try to work with it, but it would be wonderful if um, we were able to actually go to an anatomy lab together, but uh, unsure with all that's happening here. So that's a little bit of the overview. And my teacher, Tunku Lucero, who introduced me to this practice, he really said that to him, this was one of the most eminent of practices within the Satipatthana. Rarely, really taught this gateway into this fathom long body. So it's such a, a powerful practice. And I'm, I'm just so glad that you're all here. So I know that there's gonna be maybe some questions. I think we'll just put it on a pause for now and, and get into a little bit of practice because I think that's important. So each class, I don't think I followed through with what each class is gonna look like. So let me complete that. Um, we're gonna begin with 15 minutes of some silent practice to settle. Then we're gonna chant the whole group of 32 parts, five forward, five backwards, five forward and backwards. And then we're gonna to begin to lead a guided meditation, particularly on the parts of the body that we'll be uh, working with for the week. And then, after that, that'll be the guided practices, 30, 35 minutes, 40 minutes at most. Then we'll, we'll be going into small group discussion to discuss with one another about how that practice, what came up for you and, and how is it going? And then we'll come back into the larger group and, and harvest uh, some of the comments, questions about the practice. Um, There's one other thing. No, I, th I think I'll, I'll think I'll pause here, and maybe I'll just pause. Uh, yeah, as well as ask Kara if, if you wanted to add anything of an introduction before we go actually into the practice, and um, and I then I will explain a little bit about what we do during the week. Kara, did you have anything you wanted to share? First, I want to say thank you. I love hearing the historical, just the history and honoring the ancestors and the lineage. So I really appreciate that, Bob. And the fact that it's recorded for all of our friends who aren't, aren't able to be here tonight. And also for anything you may have missed, we can listen to the recording again later. And when you ask me if I have anything to add, I, what's, what I'm really feeling in my heart right now is just to practice. Yeah. Very good. 
So I don't really have, you know, find maybe if you've been sitting for a while with your left leg in front of your right, maybe move your right in front of your left, give yourself a wiggle and so you can readjust. I do notice in the chat, there are some questions that are, are coming to us. And so um, these recordings will be on YouTube. And so we'll talk more about that later. Yeah, just to say, yeah, if you go to insightsjanacruz.org website, there's a place where the recordings are homed and, and the, there's a link to get into the YouTube. What I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna share the screen. And actually, I'm gonna do one thing first is I'm gonna you can just take a look. This is the, just to give you a sense, of the 33 weeks. So we're, we're working with all of these different parts week to week to week. <laughs> it's quite a list. And I, I'm gonna talk with Kara, we'll figure out a way that I don't wanna send out like 50 individual emails for this. So we'll figure out a way that you can get access to this. And so that's, um, That's the practices that we'll be working with week by week. And then what I wanna show you as well is um, how to practice. And this will also get to you as well. And actually this will speak about what I would love for you to do as a home practice. So the practice of 32 parts of body meditation begin by reciting each part in each grouping verbally and then silently and knowing the color, the shape, the location, the direction, the delimitation, what it's ordered by. And it's also helpful to know each of the parts definition and function. You can actually get all of that on the website 32parts.com and it will have all of that information on there. As far as doing the practice at home, we'd like to recommend that for five days a week, if you can practice at least 30 minutes a day, do the best that you can. If you can't do 30 minutes, then I'd recommend to do 29. If 29 <laughs> doesn't work, 28. So you get the drill. Do the best you can. We're not gonna be, this is not a fear-based 32 parts of the body meditation class. It's a love-based one, but we wanna support and inspire you to do the practice because I think you'll get um, some benefit. And so practicing at least five times a week, if it's possible, working with the, particular parts that we'll be working with each week. And here's a little bit of the prescription of how to do the practice as we sense into each part, be aware of what you're feeling physically, mentally, and emotionally. And, and it's helpful perhaps at first, before you even begin to practice to do some breathing or mindful listening or feeling sensations as a way to steady the body and mind, and then proceed with each part and the importance at the end of the practice to do a little bit of loving kindness, standing it to oneself to reflect on how our body is the only one that we'll ever have. This is the vessel that we live inside of on the pathway to freedom and gradually perhaps expanding this friendliness, this loving kindness to all living embodied beings. So I wanna get you this uh, sheet so that you can begin. So these are the 32 parts and it's in English and then below, that's in what's known as International Romanized Poly. So this is the, the poly for those parts. 
you won't need to recite those, though Karen, I may do that. And in Burmese Pali, there's a little bit of a different pronunciation where the S's become TH and a few different distinctions, but Pali is generally written in this way in, in Romanized English, and but Burmese Pali has a little bit different pronunciation. So what we've discovered, and you may have too with Zoom, is that it's when we do the chanting, we, we should all be muted because it only lets one voice in at a time. And you know, someday the engineers will figure out how we can do this out loud and it can be in sync. But for now, I think what we do is that you would chant at home these parts and then, um, and then you would just hear either my voice or Kara for um, the, um, when, when we do the chanting, it, it, it will sound a little bit better. So what I'd like to do is we will chant all of these 32 parts, five times forward, five times backwards, and five times forward and backwards. Then we're gonna do a very brief scan of going into head here, body here, Neil Chi scan. And again, I think it's very interesting that it starts with these parts that when we look at one another, this is what we see. And just to let you know, the cosmetic industry knows about this. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. And how much of the time are we fussing with our head hair, our body hair, our nails, our teeth, and our skin? And so this practice helps to potentially to break some of the spell of enchantment with the body. Like what is head hair? Actually, if you look it up in a medical dictionary, it's thin, flexible shafts of hardened cells protruding from the head. Its function also is that it protects us from ultraviolet light if you have head hair. And, and it also it has a thermal regulation. It keeps us warm. That's what head hair is. So sometimes like when my wife and I, when we come back, get our haircuts, we each ask each other, how's your thin flexible shafts of hardened cells protruding from your head? Because that's what it really is. And then if, and after that, we make it into a whole world. I'll share a little bit as we penetrate into the body here. So for now, you can just chant along with me. I'm gonna do it a little bit um, faster than I usually do because just looking at the time, I wanna um, go into the meditation practice as well. And so you're welcome just to follow along with me. And um, so here we go. Head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bile, phlegm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, 
large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bioflam, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, head, hair, body, hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bioflam, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, Urine, oil, the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Urine, oil, the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, Brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair, head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestines, small intestines, stomach, feces, brain, bioflam, pus, blood, sweat, fat, Tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine. Urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears. Fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile. Brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines. Lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart. Kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh. Skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin. Flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bioflam, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, Kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, bioflam, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears. Fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, 
skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair, head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestine, small intestine, stomach, feces, brain, biofilm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair, head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin, flesh, sinews, bones, bone marrow, kidneys, heart, liver, diaphragm, spleen, lungs, large intestines, small intestines, stomach, feces, brain, Biofilm, pus, blood, sweat, fat, tears, grease, saliva, mucus, oil of the joints, urine, urine, oil of the joints, mucus, saliva, grease, tears, fat, sweat, blood, pus, phlegm, bile, brain, feces, stomach, small intestines, large intestines, lungs, spleen, diaphragm, liver, heart, kidneys, bone marrow, bone, sinews, flesh, skin, teeth, nails, body hair, head hair. Kethaloma nakadanda to sell mantham naru atiatimesam wakeam hariam yakanam kalomakam piyakam papatham antham antaguna udarin kedikam matunungam pay tamte mampubo lohitamte do medo hafu watha ke lo thinkinika latikam modam. And so now we're going to begin our practice into this fathom long body with its thoughts and emotions that lies our world. So we're going to begin with this first grouping of head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin. And so we're going to say this five times out loud. And then we're going to do it five times silently within ourselves. So you could begin, head here, body here, nails, teeth, skin. 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 And now doing this silently. doing this for five times. Now we'll just start with head here. And so sensing how we work with this practice is trying to sense into the top of your head to head here and to help maybe identify it, the color of the hair can be blonde, brown, gray, reddish, blackish. The shape, it can be curly, can be straight. The direction is found above the waist. Location, it protrudes from the top of the head. The delimitation, it's bordered by the face and the back of the neck. The definition of head hair is that it's thin, like thread-like, outgrowths from the skin of mammals, thin flexible shafts of hardened cells. 
Pet hairs are constantly shedding and being replaced by new hairs. Every two to five years is a replacement of an entire new head of hair. It says that the average human scalp has about 100,000 hairs. Its function is to keep the top of the head protected and for temperature regulation. Also protection from ultraviolet light and that thermal regulation, it keeps us warm. So in this practice, we'll always start with uh, this particular sevenfold skill in learning, knowing it verbally, then mentally, the color, the shape, the direction, the location, the delimitation, its definition and function. And from there, we begin to sense into the head here, sense into this part of the body and to be aware of what may get evoked. Could be something a memory of the past that surfaces itself up. It could just be this penetration into sensing into the head here. This practice has both a personal and impersonal aspect. It's very interesting. Just thin flexible shafts of hardened cells protruding from the head. And on a personal level, I'll just share a brief story. One time I was meditating on my head here and and this memory came to me, I'd totally forgotten. The memory was when I was 13 years old, I, I was brought up in the Jewish tradition and I got bar misford. And I recall this memory of, it was the evening of my bar mitzvah, there was a big party. I was the person to be celebrated because I was the bar mitzvah boy. And so they were coming to celebrate me reading the Torah and so forth. And, you know, as a 13 year old, I really wanted to look good. And so I went into the bathroom and I had this bottle, this tube of Brill cream. And for those of you that are older, you might remember there used to be an advertisement of Brill cream that said, a little dab will do you, a little slogan they had, a little Part of it will do you. So I thought to myself at 13, if a little dab will do me, a lot of dab will do me even better. So I ended up squeezing the whole tube of Brill cream into my hair. And it became so greasy, the grease was dripping out of my hair onto my hired tuxedo suit. I put my head underneath the sink, I'm trying to wash it out in water and oil. It was a mess. I was so humiliated. I felt so much shame at here. And so there's just a, like, I had no idea that that was there. I had totally forgotten about that. Like, oh, so here's something it evoked personally. And, and, and so this might arise as you visit any of these parts, it might be a personal thing that, that just arises. And if that does, let it be acknowledged. Oh, here's this moment of remembering some shame and that shame might still be carried and let it be acknowledged. Oh, carrying around some shame. Or perhaps there's an insight. I, I, I don't need to carry this anymore. This was something of an innocent 13 year old that was desperately trying to look good, to be accepted, to be loved. And, and I'm all right as I am now. There's some sense of wisdom that's come here. And perhaps it's the deeper implication, just thin, flexible shafts of hardened cells and all that I bring on to that head here.
just being with head here and whatever it gets evoked, sensing into it, feeling into it, head here. And so from the head here, we can expand it as well into the body here, which is of course made of the same thin flexible shafts of hardened cells. Yes, is the hair on the head, but there's the hair on the body found everywhere, found in many places, I should say, from under the arms to the arms, the groin, the legs, and in the back perhaps, and in the feet, the hands, so many different places where this body hears, as well as them being, again, helpful to protect us from ultraviolet light and for some thermal regulation, thermal support. Body hairs also act like an antenna. They provide external sense of touch, like a sensory amplifier is found in each follicle. Body hair, just sensing into body hair from the head here into the body here, the various colors, the shape, the direction found both above and below the waist, located all over the body. Some places more here, some places less here. Body here. And now letting us shift to nails. The color of nails, and this includes both fingernails and toenails, is mostly clear, unless it sometimes yellows with age. And of course, we can paint them. The shape is like fish scales and found both above and below the waist, located in the fingers and toes and bordered by the fingers and toes. Fingernails and toenails are made of a tough protein called keratin. This is the same substance that is found in animal hooves and horns. I love that, our connection with the animals. You're welcome even just to touch your, your nails. The same substance, keratin, found in animal hooves and horns. Nails are a horn-like structure located at the end of fingers and toes forming flat plates. The only living part of a nail is situated inside or underneath the skin and a fingernail or a toenail takes about six months to grow from base to tip. Its function, it protects sensitive skin areas. Also, sometimes nails are useful for cutting or picking up things. 
Nails also act as a counterforce. When the end of a finger touches an object, it enhances the sensitivity of the fingertip. Nails, fingernails and toenails. Sensing into those areas, sometimes it is helpful to touch them if you like. Nails. And just whatever gets evoked. So sense into it. The personal, perhaps the impersonal. Nails. And now gently letting our awareness withdraw from the nails and coming to teeth in the mouth. The color is white or yellowed and there's various shapes, incisors, canines, premolars and molars. The direction is found above the waist and located in the mouth, bordered with the gums and the roof of the mouth. The definition, teeth are 32 bony calcified projections in the jaws that serve as the organs of chewing food. Every person has two complete sets of teeth during life. The first sets of teeth are called primary teeth. And they're generally lost around the age of 14 and replaced, replaced by permanent teeth. There are 20 primary teeth and 32 permanent teeth on average. The function of teeth is to break down food, to cut, to chew, to tear, grind like a pestle and mortar. The bottom teeth are used more for grinding of food and the top ones are mainly used for biting teeth, sensing into teeth. And so from teeth, we'll shift to this last part of the body in this particular group that we'll be working with for the week as well, and that is skin. The color of skin can be black, brown, yellowish, reddish, whitish. It's like a big bag of grain that takes shape of whatever's inside. It is the largest human organ in the body a surface area of around 25 square feet if you unravel it. Found both above and below the waist, located all over the body from face to feet to fingers and bordered by hand here, body here, nails and teeth. 
The definition, the skin is a soft outer cover organ that forms the outer surface of the body. There are over 4 million pores in the skin. Yet in one square inch of skin lies four yards of nerve fibers, 1300 nerve cells, 100 sweat glands, 3 million cells and three yards of blood vessels. That's just in one square inch. Also within one square inch of skin on the human body lives around 32 million bacteria. This is why the Dharma says we live with the many. Of course, modern science is, speaks about that um, we're, 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 uh, we share, we're about 10% human and much more all of these organisms that live within the body. Also, it's known that humans shed around 600,000 particles of skin every hour. We've been here for about an hour and a half. There's about 52 of us in the room and like we'd need a shovel to be picking up all the particles of skin that have dropped off our bodies in the last hour and a half. They say about a pound and a half a year of skin sheds from the body and that most of the dust particles in your house are made of dead skin. The function of skin is it shields the body against infection, dehydration, injuries, parasites, and temperature changes. It provides sensory information about the environment. It manufactures vitamin D, excretes salts in small amounts of urea. The skin also acts as a water resistant barrier. So essential nutrients aren't washed out of the body. So we have all of this about skin and yet we know how much suffering has occurred because of the color of our skin. I was very fortunate a number of years ago to travel to South Africa and we went to what's called the Cradle of Humankind. This is a world uh, exhibit and there there's an archeological dig, one of the first discoveries of humanoids from the earliest of times, as well as a, a tremendously large museum. As you walk into the museum, there's an archway that has the human DNA and the history of how we once were just organisms and came into being a human being through thousands of years. And they give into this, they speak about the science of skin color. And it turns out those that migrated further north, their skin got lighter and those that were more towards the south or towards the equator, their skin color got darker. And yet in our life, there is so much racial injustice, so much suffering, not only in our life, but for thousands of years. And when we look at skin from a medical point of view, it's all of these different definitions and functions, and yet the color of our skin and the amount of pain that has been generated. So whatever gets evoked for you as you sit with skin, this outer cloak of the body, its largest organ, skin.
Mary Silvery, this body. So this being a little bit of a briefer meditation, we'll just end with just a reflection on this body of the head here, the body here, the nails, teeth, and skin, and all of the other parts that make up this body. And then again, from the Buddha and his poetic, beautiful words that within this fathom-long body with its thoughts and emotions lies our world. Its beginning, its end, the pathway to freedom is found within this fathom-long body. As we come to an end of this sit, may we take a moment to honor this body, this vessel that we live inside on, this vehicle that supports us to greater pathways to wisdom, to compassion, honoring the body, but also that sobering and understanding, perhaps in time, beginning to lessen some of that spell of enchantment. That the hairs is just these thin, flexible shafts of hardened cells, but what we do with them creates our worlds of pleasure and pain. So the soberingness of a understanding these narratives and stories and conditioning and interpretations of head here and then the powerful non-personal just these thin flexible shafts of hardened cells and what we bring to it the personal and the impersonal may all embodied beings discover the gateways into the heart and may there be peace So thank you so much for um, coming here tonight and beginning the practice. And I would say that um, as a very quick resource that's accessible, going to 32partsofthebody.com, I appreciate, I believe that Kara already put it in the chat. And if you click that, and then you could just save that uh, link, or you can go to it later, the number 32parts.com. And there'll actually be information on how to do this practice. There's actually a template of the 33-week um, practice, so that it doesn't have the dates to it the way that I have it here. But um, you can gather all of that information and begin the practice. And so we'd love for you to begin this week, beginning perhaps tomorrow with head hair, body hair, nails, teeth, skin. I know that some of you have questions and we'll make some time next week to go into that more. But for now, working with the practice and next week, the questions and your experience will come from a week of practicing with this together. I want to just thank you all very much and um, just to also to let you know, and I'm not going to announce this that often, but um, Inside Santa Cruz is totally supported by donation. I, I'm happy to say we've been going along, we're going into our 31st year and we have not charged not even a dime, not even a nickel, not even one cent. It's quite phenomenal that in 30 one years, we have been 
supported by the generosity of the community. This is a very ancient Buddhist practice that these teachings are considered, um, the, we can't put a number on these teachings, a price. And of course, every one of us here has different means and what might be too much for one is little for another. And so I, we can't offer really any type of numbers for you. I know it's kind of a challenge. This is such an unusual concept. Perhaps we know though, uh, this, this word about paying it forward. And so this helps pay it forward. There's, there's, if you go to the Insight Santa Cruz website, there is, um, uh, even right on the home page, there is a, a link where you can, there's two different places to make a donation. One is to Insight Santa Cruz alone. And even though uh, we're not using our center right now, it costs us about $10,000 a month. We will probably will not open until we have an accessible vaccine. There are people that are pledging, thank goodness, to help support the center. And we've been very fortunate to have some money for a rainy day, and this is the rainy day. And we're working with our landlords to see if we can get a rent reduction. But if there's any means to help support the center on the homepage, you can click donations and you can and offer a donation to Insight Santa Cruz. And secondly, if you'd like to make a donation to the teachings, you could find, uh, there's another button on the homepage to the teachers. You could find my name, Kara's name, anyone's name, and it will give you very clear information on how to make a donation that goes direct to the teacher. It, it doesn't go through um, the center. So I think that, um, Yeah, someone's asking about the guided meditations. Yes, they exist at 32parts.com. So 32parts.com will be a very good resource. There's actually even um, guided meditations that Mary Grace Orr and I have done at Spirit Rock that are also on these parts that you can actually listen to and practice with. And um, I just wanna honor our time and say thank you very, very much for coming. And um, I hope you come next week. I know this is a very unusual practice compared to a lot of the traditional mindfulness practices that maybe some of you have engaged with, but this is a, a very ancient practice and I'm just so, um, it feels very special to practice it in this very traditional way that actually I learned again from my teacher, Tankuru Kabaye Seattle. So thank you very much and Many blessings, and we hope to see you next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.